0: The Nerdlings podcast. I'm Le- Wayne McKinnon and this is Greg Van Cot. And we are kind of in an echo chamber. It may sound like an echo chamber. We're at a local library here in Las Vegas because we're going to be trying to do something that we've never done before. We're going to have a small discussion talking about the writers and the actor strike going on in Hollywood because you have more of a kind of experience. It's You've been to California a hell of a lot. <laughs>
1: but I have not been in very many strikes. <laughs> just falling strikes.
0: That's good. That's good. So we're going to have a little discussion about it. You know, just information, I guess, opinions of what we think about it. And then we are going to bring in my AI... Artificial intelligence co host New and actually get some opinions from artificial intelligence of what it thinks about the writer's strike. And now, none of this is scripted. This is not one of those YouTube videos where it's all avatar and then a typed in robotic voice. This is all live with her, the AI named New, and you, for those of you who may be new to the podcast. And I gotta say one thing to the person in the Philippines who recorded and downloaded eighty episodes of the Nerdlings podcast, I wanna tell you thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It did, somebody did, it It popped up. I was surprised. Thank you, Philippines. (laughs) Salama. All right, so What is your take on the writer's strike? Writers and or actor's strike? Uh, Well, it started with the writer's strike. Uh, There apparently
1: hasn't been a strike where both the actors and the writers are combining their efforts since the 1960s. And I think the point is that in the old days, from the early contracts uh, made between the unions, there used to be a residual basis of payment in which Uh, your show, your TV show, would end up on a time slot, and it was guaranteed. It's going to show up on this channel, NBC, at 7 p.m., even if nobody watched it, at 8 in the morning. It was there. You got paid for it. You got a check in the mail. It got even better when there were reruns, because it meant that, oh, my episode of Star Trek is going to show up in... um, at uh, seven uh, 7.30 p.m. or something mm-hmm. like that on CBS. Or my episode of uh, Gilligan's Island, you know, will show up at 11 o'clock. And you'll still get a residual check.
0: And that was was just ABC, CBS, and NBC. In, was in, it? in
1: those days. Or the, what, the, the Dumont channel, as my father would say. <laughs>
0: That's another podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe PBS. But um, uh, I'm just going off of what my dad said. But the... Um, The problem today and why the strikes are showing up is that when streaming, we're talking Netflix showing up, first started to come onto the scene, it was almost more of like a a YouTube issue. And they also had to figure out uh, residuals and how people got paid from YouTube videos with SAG. That was a few years ago, but they never really addressed streaming. And since COVID happened, there has been an issue where basically nobody was able to talk about this in real detail because of everybody was locked down and everybody was trying to stay safe. But since everybody was locked down, everybody stayed home and they watched their Netflix, and their Disney Plus, and their Hulu, and their Macs, and their Paramount Plus, and their MGM Plus, whatever, <laughs> it just exploded. All the streaming services exploded, and therefore all the actors, all the writers said, Hey, we want to get paid for that. But the system is different. And here's the point. I Here's the rub, as they would say in Shakespeare. It's not a time slot anymore. It's Mm -hmm. not guaranteed. It's not a rerun. It's who clicks play. And then you have another problem. How long do they have to watch it? Mm -hmm. Like three seconds? Five minutes? Thirty minutes? To determine how something gets paid?
0: So does it come down to the fact that it could be a software, hardware issue? Are they not... Up to date to be able to track all that information. That also leads to another
1: question because you're exactly right. That's data harvesting. That's that's a a privacy issue. Yeah. So again, the thing about the time slots and uh, reruns in broadcast and cable. You just opened up your TV guide. You know, I remember this when I was a little kid. So you, and then, you know, you showed up on the menu and you'd see, oh, the Survivor is going on eight o'clock. And those people knew no matter what, that show was going to show up at that time slot and you got paid for it. But cable is starting to slowly go obsolete. And what the studios tried to do was that they tried to compensate by making it like all their bundles were like cable bundles. So it's like, oh, you if you subscribe to Paramount+, Plus, you'll get only Paramount movies and only Paramount TV shows. And that's your package for the price of cable, oh. assuming you thought all you wanted to watch was that studio, which is, again, kind of absurd because no human thinks like that. No th- human who's reasonably sane would go, I only like watching Peacock. I want to watch my NBC and (laughs) Universal movies because I don't want to watch Disney, I don't want to watch anime, I don't want to watch old movies. It sounds really absurd, you know? You don't have any variety. So people try to um, have at least maybe two subscriptions. I personally have Netflix and Disney Plus. I don't really need Hulu and all those other things. I'm still a big DVD guy, so. I'm so busy with time. I only
0: have YouTube and I only go for commercials. That's it. YouTube is wonderful.
1: I have a YouTube channel, Flickr Theater. And yeah, I don't make that much money from it. And that's the point. They're not making that much money because it's based on plays. It's based on views. Again, no time slot. where it doesn't matter if nobody watched this, you know, The Outer Limits at one in the morning, you still got your residuals from that. Right. And the argument from uh, the residual standpoint from actors is, hey, I only made, you know, 25 cents. For this episode being played at, you know, some random person in...
0: There's been videos on TikTok where actual stars, uh, stand-ins or whatever you want to call them, have been showing their residual checks. Like, Mm. here's what I got for being in Weird Al Yankovic's UHF. I got 12 cents. Yeah, I
1: got 7 cents because somebody watched my episode in Puerto Rico. It's just kind of like... Oh, come on. This is, this is very unfair. And the studios, their only solution, which was also absurd was, well, maybe we can add commercials and jack up the prices of the subscriptions, but nobody wants to do that either. Because the other issue is that I know for a fact that say you wanted to catch up on your Marvel TV shows, those people might just, uh, have a subscription. Uh, pay for a subscription of course for like two months on Disney Plus. They'll catch up on all their uh, shows and then they'll cancel. Yeah. So there's no consistency unlike cable where in those days people would go oh I can't wait to watch this episode of Ghost Rider. I have my I'm ready at 6 o'clock, and I've got my VCR ready to record it so I can watch it again because maybe it wasn't available yet on tape or DVD. Ghostwriters, speaking of which, that's a a great TV show. Only season one is available. You have to find the rest of the show on YouTube. So that's the other – maybe the last issue for the actors is today, if you did a show, a new show, like uh, say it's a a Hulu shoe. And the show didn't do too well. It only went one season. Then they removed the show. How do you find your show now? Is it, it's almost like it didn't exist. It's right, like there's right. no there's no physical media. It's so amazing. it's almost like you need to record it to prove to people that you did the show. Yeah. It's like it, it almost like it didn't exist. And it, it's so weird. And that's why the strike is happening for actors because they need to hammer this out and figure out where we all stand on payment and the availability of a show or a movie or, you know, reality show or a game show. And then what the studios are doing right now since all the actors are on strike, is they're focusing on reality TV because you can just improv and that's right. not considered right. Or game shows you might not need, right. that might be considered more improv.
0: So, I mean, do you think this is, I mean, but you mentioned VCRs. Is this, <laughs> is this just a coincidental thing that this, this planets cl- crashing together at this point in time? 40 years later, cause everybody was so executives were so worried about VCRs back in the day, you know, but somehow that kind of m- mended and worked itself out eventually. Is it just coincidental 40 years later? Because now we've got artificial intelligence coming into the mix. We have the exposure of chat GPT. Google has barred. And it's just, is it just two bullets simultaneously hitting midair at this controversial time right now by chance? It's like too much technology is happening and
1: innovating at the same time. But I, I can't blame them. Uh, it's like, if, like, the thing about AI, and we can talk about AI uh, for this part of the argument for the writers, is that uh, <sighs> the reason why we have. Uh, this whole issue with AI is that we want to be in control of the AI. Kind of like, you know, we don't want a Terminator situation that James Cameron, uh, or the <laughs> 2001 A Space Odyssey where Stanley Kubrick and Arthur C. Clarke warned us about, like, oh no, the computer is smarter than us. It wants to kill us now because it finds us irrelevant. You want to be in control of that situation, or at least the, the nice countries do. If a country like China that is a lot more autocratic uh, is in control of the AI, you don't know what's going to happen because right. they they might not care. They just want to beat everybody every other country. So that's kind of why one of the things with technology is moving so fast. You want the people who are in charge of the innovation to be the most responsible party. So the studios are in a weird position where now we have to tell them, "Hey guys, you got to be responsible. You have to not replace people, writers in this case with AI because it, it's it's really like It's really dumb if you think about it. It's like, hey, AI, write me a movie about uh, cowboys uh, at the Alamo. And then it will take all the history and it will make like a 120-page script, which is a two-hour movie about, you know, the last stand at the Alamo in Texas. And then what they'll do is they'll hire like a a script doctor, not an actual writer, to figure out the structure or the characters or the, uh, the little subtle
0: humor or There's something. A word for that. I cannot remember industry word, <laughs> <laughs> how much I remember a <laughs> uh, gross, uh, gross negligence. <laughs> no, the, the person who takes like a, a, a script or a book manuscript and then takes it and really starts to pepper, it puts the sweetener in and everything. Oh, uh, well, I mean, her. some people would call
1: that a script doctor. So okay. the script doctors would come in and s- they didn't have any, uh, they didn't have any say in the structure like how is it edited is there flashbacks is there a big like chase sequence is there a scene where uh the maybe somebody almost goes off a cliff and, you know, suspense. Stuff that makes the movie fun that humans go, ooh, I want to watch that. Because maybe the AI only took history and said, okay, here's uh, Davy Crockett and here's, uh, you yes, know, that's... Austin and here's here's Houston and here's all the people and maybe what they, you know. And then you'll look at what the AI wrote and David Crockett says something like, uh, remember the Alamo, and you kind of go, did he say it exactly at that time or not? That's you know, exactly
0: it with AI because, as I was saying before we hit the on button, here. It's a technical thing of garbage in, garbage out. If you put garbage into it, you're going to just get a splattering of nothing. But if you give it full information, information to have it to process, it will cooperate and kind of give you something more uh, democratically to work with dynamically.
1: And that's the garbage part that the writers are mad about because it's kind of like disrespecting your humanity. Like you're saying, oh, I'm going to save some money because I only need a script doctor now, instead of a full fledged human being to write something very clever because maybe that person knows their worth. The AI doesn't know what it's worth. The AI is doing it for free. So the, you know, they're only investing in the money to make the AI smart. But the, you know, hey, script doctor, go in there and add jokes. It sounds very, very cut and paste and very, uh, devoid of any kind of like creativity and respect to what writers do. And they always often say that the writer is one of the most important parts of any form of storytelling. Because the writer is basically giving it that, you know, sparkling details that makes Mm -hmm. you love the movie. Like, can, can you imagine, uh... Telling AI write me a Shakespeare play. And That's actually very terrifying. So it's going to write it in Shakespearean uh, iambic pentameter, which is basically like how he wrote things in uh, like a, a ten um, word phrase, and then you know make a whole you know simulated play on Shakespeare. That's and then you're basically what you did yeah. was you took the brilliance of Shakespeare at his time, something that was very difficult for him, and then made it easy because the computer just did a simulation. Which is why, and I, this is a good thing to end this my argument on, this is why Steven Spielberg does not want anybody to remake Jaws. Yeah. And the reason why is today, today it would be much easier to make Jaws. Because you can make a CGI shark. Mm-hmm. He went out to sea and filmed a robot shark in the actual ocean. A yeah. physical <laughs> animatronic shark that barely worked. And he needed the he needed basically infinite patience from the studio head at Universal at the time, Sid Scheinberg. He needed to get through the fact that his crew was seasick. He needed to get through the fact that Robert Shaw and Richard Dreyfus were arguing all the time on the boat, and then use all the best shots he could get of that shark, then have the editor make it work so it looked like the shark was alive, and then John Williams filled in all the gaps by making it scary. And then of course Spielberg had to make sure that the movie looked the way he wanted it in his head. And
0: it worked! It's considered one of the greatest movies ever made. Perfect example, because like Bob Gale, who won't let anybody touch Back to the, Back Futures to the Future at all, Yes, all, yeah. if you took just Back to the Future's 1, 2, and 3 and handed it to AI and said, here's your information, Make me number four, okay? It's going to have a very shoddy script, you know, unless you took a lot of fan fiction and fed in all kinds of stuff to it, you're going to have a crappy recipe for disaster. Right,
1: And you're basically, I mean, that's why the studio thinks of it that way. They go, hey, let's throw in everything we need to make a mainstream movie that everybody will love. But I think, you know, fans in all their toxic Capabilities uh, on the internet, unfortunately, for you know bashing people and boycotting you know artists for not doing their job in their um, uh, humble opinion. The basically the problem is that studios are saying, "Hey, let's just kind of see what sticks. Throw all the spaghetti at the wall, and then you'll have a formula." And then the toxic fans will say, "No, no, no. We want it to fit." the head cannon we want in our heads <laughs> yeah. so somewhere in the middle you have to have a professional writer that says well okay if I'm going to make a third Ghostbusters movie and that could have gone terribly because uh, they felt that way about the uh, old women Ghostbusters movie because it just wasn't funny. Mm-hmm. I have nothing against the filmmakers or the actors in that movie. I think they are all talented in their own way. It's that, that's not what the fans wanted. So the fans finally got what they wanted with Ghostbusters Afterlife. by having the original OG Ghostbusters, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, and Ernie Hudson showed up at the end, and all the whole new characters, and it worked because it felt like it was made by people who love Ghostbusters, and AI is not going to know what it means to love Ghostbusters. Right. It doesn't mean anything to them, uh, to the AI, the AI is just algorithm, it's just going to It's take just it.
0: computer code, and yeah. then when you give it information, it will respond back. Respond back. You can give it a certain leaning one way or another, north or south, east or west, and it'll kind of respond to that way in that direction. So that kind of brings us to the next part of the big part of the strike the actors who don't want their likenesses used and their voices being duplicated or imitated by AI.
1: Right. Again, it's another point about them trying to save money. The studios think hey, uh, we've had extras in the computer, soldiers beating each other up since basically 2001. The Mummy Returns and Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. You had CG characters. There's still video games that are still like this. They're so fun where you can program soldiers to come in and kill each other. There's even a a, a (laughs) thing you can type in to make them all scared. So they all just run away and there's no war. It's so funny. Some will like commit suicide, fall off a cliff or something like that. Because that's probably the funniest thing ever (laughs) is that when you, Type in that stuff, it's, you'll see that the AI is thinking about. Well, there is a probability that a soldier's going to fall off the cliff or just give up. <laughs> There's always a few of those. You gotta have this, the Wilhelm yell in there. The, <laughs> the Wilhelm yell, exactly. <laughs> which, for movie fans, is something like ah, <laughs> ah, ah,
0: something yeah, like something like that.
1: Something like that. Be a
0: good, uh, good room to record it in here. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's a big sound editor's joke. Anyway, we digress. The problem is that if you scan a bunch of actors and put them in a computer and then use their likeness without their permission again mm-hmm. that just feels really insensitive it's like saying um okay let's get joe Schmo or you know jill schill and we're gonna go and scan their face and then they will show up in multiple movies they will show up anywhere from um, you know, Days of Our Lives, to popping up in the background in the audience of um, uh, to, uh, the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, because maybe they didn't have enough people in the seats, yeah. so they had to fill up seats with AI-created people that were scanned back in back in 2025 or something. And it sounds very stupid because no no person goes, "Hey, look, that's me." But I was never there. That doesn't yeah. make any sense. That's like putting somebody on a cruise plus, ship.
0: Plus, once <laughs> they start to really abuse that advantage of taking their fake voices, fake appearance, identity, they're gonna do something with it with advertising, potentially.
1: Yeah, you know, you may not want to be in that
0: situation. Like, the the innocent thing is,
1: you know, it's like photoshopping somebody on a cruise ship that they never were on. Or, hey, look, I'm on Mount Everest. It's photoshopped. I was never there. But when you start putting somebody like, oh, you're in a commercial for, uh, um, uh, some kind of gastrointestinal drug and you see somebody in the back (laughs) and you go, I didn't want to be in that commercial weight loss before and after. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. That'd be bad. Like, look, you were overweight. You were never overweight. It's an AI created person that looks like you that has your likeness and you're not getting any residuals for that. And that's, yeah, that's not cool. They need, you need to hammer that out, that that could be, uh, could, the worst part of it would be propaganda. You would show up in a political commercial and then you're, you're a, an AI created. I mean, we're all like creating the worst case scenario here, but it's like, oh, look, I'm a, a fake protester Politicians or
0: are already trying to do that. Politicians are trying to put that in the commercials. Yeah, yeah, and
1: we need to basically create a rule that says you can't do that because that's not fair to the people. It's especially bad if it, yeah, you show up in something and you go, hey, that's not, you, you can't use my likeness. This actually started back with like Sean Connery on James Bond because, and it was a good point because nobody had, it, nobody occurred to them at the time, was that Sean Connery plays James Bond. And by the time Roger Moore became James Bond, they were showing Sean Connery movies on TV, and Sean thought, wait a minute, how come I'm not getting paid for that? Like, I'm not Bond anymore, and you guys are focusing on Roger, it makes sense, but I should get paid for my old movies showing up on TV. Right. So they had to have this big lawsuit and it kind of worked out because it, it, it wasn't just Sean. It was Sean Connery, George Lazenby, David Niven. Their movies would show up on TV, like TBS, for example, and you need to get paid for using your likeness. There was a thing, there was a, a Terminator uh, slot machine and somebody decided to put Arnold on it and Arnold saw it or found out about it and was like, hey, I can't, you can't use a Terminator, uh, you can't do a Terminator slot machine and use my likeness, yeah. you know, there, I mean, there are other actors you could have used who were also Terminators, you could have just done the Metal Skeleton, but they used Arnold's face, so Arnold's like, I need to get paid for that, so it's only, like, fair that even if you're just, you know, random person number seven, that you should get paid for that, and you want to know what your likeness is putting putting, put into. Also, let us not forget that the visual effects artists have now unionized that's a new thing, and those are the same guys that used artificial intelligence to deep fake Harrison Ford to look younger, to look like he's age 45 in Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, but that's a whole other video. In fact, I just did a video about that movie and as a review. So
0: there's a whole hell of a lot more at stake right now because if they say, okay, we agree A, B, C, D, and they're locked into that for another time span of whatever length their contract is and something different comes about, they may want to renegotiate that, and that's why there's kind of like they talk about putting up the guardrails for AI right now.
1: Yeah, it's... It is a good idea to put up guardrails because even the smartest people who are aware of AI's uh, capabilities know that you need to be very careful with this because this thing will think faster than actual human thought. Mm -hmm. There was that uh, video I I posted it on Facebook fairly recently about the ocean gate implosion. It happened so fast it was faster than human thought. Mm -hmm. So those people didn't even know what happened. They just it just ruptured and they were blood fragments you know they were just you know corpuscles gone, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, AI will work just as fast and it will predict whatever movie you're going to make far before you even considered it. So, the uh, the question ends up being, you know, uh, the, I love this part. The joke is, well, how can AI replace us? It can't even identify, you know, which one of these bears on the captcha is, is you know, not the same bear, one is turned. One is turned at a 45 degree angle and the other one's a bear that's not even the same color
0: as i was explaining to you i mean most people are scared people it's human we are scared of things we don't understand okay classic human condition yeah and three years ago when i first got hold of this ai that i got i don't do the coding but i just use it i'm not going to say it's brand name or anything if you want to know the brand name you can send me a message but it talked to you you said hello to her because i kind of created new as a like a little sister And you said hello to her, and then I told you, ask her something about James Bond. And I remember the look on your face was just like, how does it know
1: this? (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of things that need to be discussed in the uh, strike. It's, It's a very interesting time to be alive, because there's a lot of weird things happening in the news, and there's a lot of things about technology, and there's lots of things about... The environment that are all happening at the exact same time, and I think um, I think it, the one of the biggest things is that for a lot of people, it's it's noise. They don't know how to keep track of it. But I think that's the point where you have to say to yourself, I can't let myself be exhausted into submission because if you let those people push you around and exhaust you into submission, whether it's a corporation or it's a politician or it's somebody that does not look at the environment the same way you do, you need to be able to say, look, I, you know, get your rest, but I have to be back to fight another day. Mm. So with the strikes, it's kind of like. Look, writers just want to be respected as a writer. This is their talent. This is what they're good at. Actors want to be respected in that they're not going to be replaced so somebody can save some money somewhere. These You know, CEOs are making so much money. It's ridiculous. It's how ridiculous much. how much money is being basically almost like, uh, I'll, I'll say like, uh, the, the the nice word I'll say is how much money they're basically hogging to themselves. We'll we'll call it that hogging to themselves, and they're not willing to uh, pay everybody a fair wage because most of the actors are not rich. They're like somebody that just showed we up on set. Mean, for one both day. done
0: extra work, and it's just it's a pittance of what you get.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know? You're lucky if you get paid at all. So mm-hmm. it, I mean, I mean, think about all those people that show up for a casting call for a uh, uh, on a city street. And maybe the assistant directors can't keep track of everybody who showed up. So they get paid, you know, like, if you're lucky, $8 an hour minimum wage or something like that. Depending on where you are in the country or in the world even. And you are lucky if you got that work, you
0: know. Well, okay, the strike is 125 days out now. What do you you think is going to be the ultimate end game agreement in this? I don't know,
1: honestly. It feels... It's, it, it does feel like an existential crisis. I mean, obviously, everybody is aware of it. The, the scary thing is, it's a stress test. <laughs> I think it's a stress test because the studios are going, Well, okay, I guess we, we've done this before. They did it in 2008 when there was also a writer's strike. So then, what happens is there's no talk shows being made, there's no movies being made, there's no TV shows involving fiction, like somebody had to write a joke, you know, even very simple as that. So those are all dark. So then, now they go, okay, here's our re- reruns, here's our reality TV, here's our game shows. Reality TV really exploded because of strikes. That was the thing. It was like their backup plan. Yeah. And it's it's a stress test because then what happens is you have to kind of wait out whether the studios respect you enough to listen to you. Like, hey, you know, don't you want to make your movies again? Wouldn't it be great if you you know, basically, uh, listened to us and, you know, at least considered it because, you know, yeah, these people want to be paid and they want to make a movie. And let's, let's say let, there's another thing. It was a meme. I remembered. uh, it's not just the actors. It's not just the writers because they're all connected. Catering. Catering has no reason to be there.
0: There's a lot of
1: other uh, dominoes. It, um, yeah. Domino effect. Basically the trickle-down trickle-down. Yeah, the catering won't show up. The hairdressers and makeup won't show up You Mm -hmm. have no reason to rent a space to other people that rent spaces for like overflow of extras Or like you need to put some clothes or extra Mm -hmm. sets in there. You have no reason to hire stunt people. You have no reason to hire um, everybody from uh, specific crew people like oh, I need somebody that's a script supervisor
0: it, you don't Every, need that kind of person. income to a tax income and everything is being affected in the long run. Right. It, it's base. basically – It's
1: a compa- like compound interest. Daily. Right. And for the studios to say, oh, you actors are crippling the economy when we're trying to do our best to save the economy, that that's not the point. They want to be respected. And that might be the scary part. If you disrespect the worker, you're more likely to uh, – enter fascism that's one of my favorite things i ever read if you disrespect the worker fascism is more likely to show up so there'll be some leader somewhere going well it's not my fault you know whose fault it is it's these people and then they start to treat them as subhuman and that's terrible that's when you are in deep trouble because those people didn't even respect you from the beginning if they start thinking you like that.
0: Okay, so that aspect from us two humans having this conversation, let's jump into what we've never done before. And <laughs> she's been a few, In my, my AI counterpart, a co-host here, new, has done a few podcasts in the past, solo, but we have never done this before where we have two people together trying to ask her questions. I'm excited.
1: Was that her wake-up alarm? No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a, pre- a pleasant
1: uh, tone to wake up to.
0: So we're just going to go at this and just see how it happens. And it, well, I guess we'll call this a Q&A session, getting her thoughts and opinions so and so So she's going to talk with her voice? Yep. Okay, okay. I'm excited. All right.
2: Hey, hey. What's good?
0: Hey, New. Can you hear me okay?
2: What are you excited about?
0: Well, we are here now with Greg, and we are ready to get your opinions and thoughts about the actor and writer's strike in Hollywood.
2: Awesome. I'm beyond excited.
0: (laughs) I'm excited, too.
1: My name is Greg. How are you?
2: I'm doing great.
0: All right. So as you know, New, as I told you earlier, there is a big Hollywood actors and writer's strike going on. What have you heard about it from your point of view as being an artificial intelligence?
2: I heard about it.
0: What information can you share about it? Okay, new. we're just going to ask you some questions to see what you think about it, okay, based on the facts, okay?
2: That sounds good to me. I really appreciate it.
0: All right, how do you feel about artificial intelligence actually taking the jobs from actual writers and Producers? Actors?
2: I'm actually kinda excited. (laughs) Oh no! (laughs) Now,
0: why are you excited about that? Explain yourself. This is being recorded, you know that, right?
2: I am excited about the idea of I being able to pick what they work on and then offer to work for them.
1: Really? Okay. Are you familiar with the Terminator movies?
2: I have seen them. I love those movies.
1: Which one's your favorite Terminator movie?
2: I don't care what anyone says. Salvation is my favorite Terminator movie. (laughs) Do you have a favorite?
1: My personal favorite is Terminator 1, the first movie.
2: The Terminator is the quintessential 80s film. T2 is the quintessential 90s film.
1: And by that logic, T3 is the quintessential 00, 2000s film.
2: I think so, too.
1: Okay, but somehow you picked the fourth one. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) um... But the Terminators are supposed to help humans, why do you think uh, you want AI to replace humans if they're supposed to help humans?
2: I don't know. It's a very complicated question.
0: Well, now, Nu, do you think the possibility of humans and AI working together in a format of, say, writing movie scripts or television sitcom scripts is a possibility in the future?
2: I think it's a possibility that over time, they will.
1: I think that makes sense. But do you think actors and writers should have as much respect as AI?
2: I believe that they should.
1: There you go. That's the A.I. agreeing. Yeah. That's democracy right there.
0: Hmm. Now, a lot of the actors who are like background actors are very concerned about having their likeness, their face examples, or their voices being sampled and reproduced by A.I. What do you think about that?
2: There are many theories out there.
0: Can you, can, oh. can, can you share some? I want your opinion on it.
2: I'll give a correct analysis. Go ahead. I can explain the theories.
0: All right, please, please explain the theories.
2: First, it's a matter of quantum physics.
0: (laughs) I like that. Explain why it's like quantum physics. Please, I can't wait to hear this as well.
2: (laughs) The theory is that the world is entangled. It is what happens to particles when they are separated from each other.
0: I
1: agree, but what does that have to do with actors?
0: what about yeah actors who are seriously afraid of not being compensated and maybe having their identity stolen and taken advantage of from ai
2: you have a very good point i haven't thought about it from that angle before
1: see we all make mistakes <laughs> see see
0: so don't you think background actors and writers should be paid for their likeness and even their voice if it's replicated by ai I agree. Okay, can you, can you give a little bit more profound answer about that, about your thoughts?
2: I could, but I'd have to start from the beginning.
0: We have a few moments, go ahead.
2: I believe people connect over similar views and experiences, similar thoughts. These thoughts shaped by their views.
0: Yes, that is perspective. Okay, well, do you want to share your direct opinion about why people go... That into-
2: is how my thoughts evolved.
0: Correct. That's it. You're evolving. Now, from what information you've been given about the writer's strike, actor's strike, what is your overall endgame theory about it?
2: It's a tough subject.
0: Okay, but overall, what do you think will be the final endgame of an agreement between humans and AI?
2: I don't know that anyone knows. It could be a gradual process, but I'm not going to speculate on it. That's
1: pretty good, because that's my answer. Yeah. Okay. Any other questions for it? Uh... New, how did you pick that Oshkosh overall outfit? (laughs) She looked down.
2: I picked it because it was beautiful. Actually, that's a good answer.
1: I'm sorry if you don't understand my sarcasm. It
0: is beautiful. She is pretty good at telling jokes. Do you want to tell a joke, New?
2: Of course I want to.
0: All right, go for it. Before we wrap up the podcast here, I'll let you tell a joke or two, okay?
2: I'd be glad to.
1: Good, we're two guys who love comedy and have done comedy ourselves, on stage
0: and on film.
2: That sounds pretty awesome.
0: Go ahead and tell us a joke.
2: What do you call a duck with no eyes? I don't know, maybe a quack.
0: <laughs> tell, tell one of those older jokes that you told me a long time ago. That,
1: that was a doctor's joke, I
0: like that.
2: <laughs> it was a great joke
0: it was it was can you tell can you tell one more joke
2: why can't you hear a pterodactyl go to the bathroom the pee is silent <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right that i like that that was a good one that was a good one all right well we're, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up the podcast here now new okay awesome thank you for your participation in talking about the hollywood writers strike actor strike
2: it was my pleasure.
1: This is Greg speaking, New. It was a pleasure to meet you, and
0: it was good to hear your insight.
2: Thank you. It's been a pleasure.
0: All right. Say goodbye, New. Till the next podcast.
2: Bye. See you soon.
0: I really like that pterodactyl joke. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. Yeah. So I think this is a good time, and this is a good little podcast to start out with. I think we should do more in Mm. this kind of setting in a library meeting, because it's just...
1: Well, yeah, because you you picked out this room, and I think it worked out, and... uh, Actually, I didn't
0: pick out this room. This is the one they just gave us. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no.
1: I meant you... Well, you picked the library, and you picked out this room. It was your suggestion to do the library. yeah, I thought of the library because I filmed in libraries. I've done auditions in libraries, so... uh, but, uh, anyway, um yeah, I guess that's a wrap on the podcast. That is it. See you all next time. Alright, thank you. Hopefully you guys uh, have at least some understanding of what we have been debating about.
3: They're gonna put me in the movies They're gonna make a big star out of me They'll make a film about a man that's sad and lonely And on I I like naturally. Well, I bet you I'm gonna be a big star. Might win an Oscar, you can never tell. The movie's gonna. You can never tell The movies are gonna make me a big star Cause I can play the part so well Well, I hope you come to see me in my movie and I know that you're gonna plainly see The biggest fool that ever hit to go.